0: we must I'm I have to I well, this is going to get cut out of the podcast but every time and I know I've already told you this every time you say we must every time oh you we, think of we must we, we must, must we must increase our best, our best. <laughs> Hello, hello, making sure we are good. Hello, hello. Okay, I see both. I see waveforms happening. <laughs> um.
1: Sounds like something you would say if you were on acid. <laughs> If you are tuning into this, we do want to warn you, there could be spoilers. We are going to talk about all types of true crime stories, um, some more explicitly than others. But if you have not listened to the things that we talk about as we get upon them, we will advise you to skip forward, use that 30, that 30 button, you know, you don't know talk about the 30 second plus button. Mm-hmm. Get into some of that. Um, we don't want to ruin any stories for you, but we're going to talk about them openly. Yes. So fair warning, don't get mad at us, we're your friends.
0: But stay tuned. Well, i
1: got a lot of catching up to do. I know. How, how you doing?
0: Yeah, I've just been tired. I feel a little burnt out on just like work stuff. And I, I really love my job. It's not even like that specific thing stressing me out. It's just like, I'm just tired of work through the holidays. And I yeah. feel like I'm just ready for a break. I'm ready mm. for some sun and the beach. I You know, that's yes. what I would love.
1: It has been cold here. It has been dreary. The, it has been overcast. Yeah. And you can only take so much of that. Like, it's nice. It's a nice little change of pace for once in a while. What, what, what does LA think it is? London?
0: Yeah, I mean, come on. I'm We've over this. We moved here for 70s and sunny. I mean, as much as it was a tough week, I am truly, and I'm not just saying this, like, I'm living for these podcasts. So Yay. that's also part of the thing is I'm like, can everything else just like go yeah. on pause so we can just podcast all the time? Isn't that such a
1: nice feeling to have something you're so excited about? It I'm is. I'm right here with you, obviously. It is. Um, but it's such a nice feeling just to like create it and is. Um, use the creative side of your brain because I think for uh, you and me both too we tend to use a lot of our analytical side yeah logistical side and planning side and all that's good and great and the world needs us
0: yes you <laughs> but, do
1: <laughs> yeah it's nice to just like sit back and just be
0: yeah. you and it's like I get scheduled time with my bestie I know it's amazing. that is rather nice
1: <laughs> I told Josh I was like well I put it like this, like in quotation marks, like, I have
0: to see Brittany
1: tonight. (laughs) I have to see Brittany tomorrow. He's like,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's a good excuse. It is a good excuse.
0: But how have you been? How's your week been?
1: Fine. Just fine. I'm kind of in the same place as you, I think. Like, it's been a rough couple of weeks, which I'm sure on a future podcast, if you stick around, we'll probably get into, but um, it's just definitely been a rough time, but you just um, wake up every day and keep on keeping on. And spend time um, focusing on the happy, whatever that might be. So yeah. this is some happy. Happy to be here. Happy to talk to you.
0: Me too. Yeah. And just like people, we need rest. That is probably my biggest yes. like preaching to myself is I'm like, I can just keep going. I can keep going. I can keep going. And I'm, I say I'm only 33. We're still very young. <laughs> but I, my body just doesn't keep going yeah. the way it used to go anymore. Yeah. Where I'm like. Man. And you are very you. like
1: Duracell.
0: Yes. <laughs> You're very
1: Energizer bunny. Like you do have a lot of stamina.
0: Yeah, and but, but then when I when I'm done I I go down hard. Right. So that's what I'm learning is I used to be able to like I'm like, "Oh, I only got 4 hours of sleep last night. I can do this." And it's like, "No."
1: I can't. can't. It's like when you get like the new iPhone comes out and like the old iPhone, you do the update
0: and it doesn't like run as fast anymore. It's like that. That's exactly how it is. And I'm just looking forward to how this is going to continue to go downhill as we age. It's fine. (laughs) By the time like we're like
1: 50, we're going to be like iPhone 6s. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, man. (laughs)
1: Well, that was a positive intro and on to more positive
0: things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we like to be, you know, very thematic with our intros with what we're going to be talking about for the podcast. So we do, you know, but before we get into that, um, I guess we could do a welcome to episode eight. What? Which is crazy. Um, I mean, if you're here the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about marriage and getting married crazy young, and maybe you found us on instagram facebook i don't know where you may have found us but the street on the street on the street you know maybe that's where you found us um but if you're not already following us on instagram make sure to do that and give us a like on facebook um we're currently releasing episodes wednesday every week uh, and we do not want you to miss one so you got to subscribe So you know when they're coming out or follow us on one of the social media places.
1: Yes. And if you are an Apple user, do us a favor, leave us a rating, but take an extra five seconds, 10 seconds, 15, whatever it is, leave us a review, which means write out a few little words about the podcast. And it's really helpful for us because not only does it help with um, other people finding us, but it also helps give us feedback so we know what you're into and what uh, is speaking to you as we speak to you. Yes. So we appreciate that. Please make sure to do so. And yeah, like you said, this is this is our Eighth Eighth? episode. Yeah. And um, if you're just joining us for the first time, we highly recommend going back to episodes one and two Um, in those first two episodes. It's kind of a getting to know you session with uh, the down low on what this podcast is all about, who we are, a little bit about our upbringing, which informs how we see a lot of the world and a lot of the topics that we talk about. Yeah. So Mm. get over there, do that, Mm. and then come back here because today's topic is, I think it's important.
0: I think it is too.
1: Yeah. It's something that, like, I think we thought we'd probably talk about later down the road, but now it's coming up early. And I think it's coming up early because it's part of the reason we're even on this platform is what we're talking about today. Yeah. So, today's episode what the hell is up with true crime as entertainment?
0: Yeah. I'm part of me is afraid to talk about this because I have so many thoughts. Yes. But, and I'm a avid consumer.
1: Avid consumer, as am I. So getting into this, we should preface this by saying that it's a broad, broad topic. Yes. And there's no getting to all of it. And we will absolutely leave things out. So let's continue the conversation with you guys afterwards. But, um, you know, podcasting really became so popular because of true crime. Yeah. I was um, reading something and it said, as of 2018, I couldn't find the stat for 2020 because I guess 2020 is new. I couldn't find it yeah. for 2019 either. But as of whatever month this was in 2018, Serial was still the most downloaded podcast of all time.
0: Really? Just I Just two
1: years ago. That's
0: the, It's not that surprising just because it was so huge. Um, right. And I think when anybody news coming into the podcast world, especially in true yeah. crime. But even, I mean, not even true crime, it was like known just across the board for right. a podcast. Like I never listened to a podcast before Serial.
1: Me neither. Not not uh, consciously knowing like, oh, I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. Because like NPR would sure, just be on sure. the radio and then it became a podcast. Exactly. But not consciously going into to the Apple podcast and going, I'm subscribing to what is called a podcast and listening to yeah. it.
0: And I was convinced I was not going to like it. I was mm-hmm. like, no, I like to watch documentaries or if I'm going to watch true crime, I want to see the, you know, want to yeah. be a part of the visual. I don't know, all of that. And then I just. Fell in love and yeah, I I want to say got addicted to it, but that speaks later to this whole yeah. uh, the ethics of true crime and exactly. what that looks like.
1: Yeah, um, I
0: well, I was doing some research on this
1: too, and I was like, I wonder. You know, there's absolutely been an explosion in the amount of true crime uh, content that exists now yeah. and in the last five years. And when I in some context on um, the 2018 comment about Serial, Serial came out in 2014. Okay. So four years later, which it helped podcasts explode, it was still the most um, listened to at the time, downloaded at the time. Um, it's but- crazy. It's just wild. Good yeah. job, Sarah Koenig. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I wanted to know, like, is true crime entertainment a new phenomenon? And from what I was reading, the answer, the short answer is not really. I mean, um, the book In Cold Blood by Truman Capote, that book was published in 1966, and it's about murders from 1959. Um, later, The Executioner's Song by Norman Mailer came out. That was 1979. Yeah. Won a Pul- uh, Pulitzer Prize for that. And, you know it was a different time. It was not as easy to create content as it is now. Yeah. Um. I mean, even newspapers these days are using podcasts as a way to tell stories because nobody's reading newspapers yeah. anymore. That's where
0: everyone's consuming is through podcasts. Exactly. Podcast. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So what did they do back then? They write entire
0: books. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a huge, I don't know, it's a, I mean, a huge part of how we consume media at this point, at least for me. I mean, my like every day i have a routine where i get ready for the day and Mm -hmm. while i'm sitting in front of the mirror doing my hair my makeup for work like every single day yeah i have some kind of podcast that i'm listening to or catching up on and it's like that is how i consume so much of my anything yeah
1: and i mean for me at least i'm trying to branch out more lately but i would say like four out of five of the podcasts i listen to are true crime yeah yeah and should
0: we feel bad about that I don't know. I don't know. It's a really hard question because, you know, there's a lot of questions surrounding, like, the ethics of true crime and, like, consuming true crime, and I don't know. I, like, I have this conversation with my husband, like, quite often because she, he works in entertainment, what well, we, we, all of us do, but yeah. he actually will, you know, be a part of the creation of some of what we consume, and I don't know. I don't, I don't initially feel very bad about it. That's not my my gut reaction yeah but I realized as we're gonna talk in the next hour or so about this that maybe I should feel bad about it but I don't know what are what's your gut reaction to it
1: well my gut reaction is that I feel like it's something I I feel like I should feel bad about it and don't yes is my very short truncated answer to that whole yeah question because I am an avid consumer but for me well, something I want to touch on is like the it's like a chicken or the egg situation with true crime. Are we so obsessed with it because there's so much content being put out or is there so much content being put out because we're obsessed with it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think on some level it's cyclical. Like yeah, Like one I agree. feeds the other. Yeah. But when did it really start?
0: But I feel like I and I haven't done like a history to look to look back on this, but I feel like, you know, true crime or yeah or like news stories everything if, if you look as far back as you can remember I mean even just news in general is typically focused on sort of like the negative or crime right. and things like that and I think it's just a it's a fascination yes it's also informing people and I think that people are fascinated by it because it's people doing things to other people, to other people. that yeah. they can't imagine themselves ever actually doing or I would assume that's what most people think right. um so I don't, I don't know. I, I would guess in your chicken or the egg situation. I mean, I think that all the content's created because we're obsessed and crazy about it. Okay. My, I don't know. And so
1: it's just exploding. Because I think it's exploding
0: because of we have so like the medium in which to put out one, like podcasts. What five years ago? I know they've yeah. been around for a long time, but like nobody, right, very right, right. few people listened to them. It was not the norm. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like any new huge you know like before netflix or hulu or things it's like people wouldn't think to maybe consume certain things because it wasn't readily available and now right. i think because it is in a new f- medium it, it makes it more accessible so maybe the desire was always there but now i don't know as i'm saying it out loud yeah, i'm realizing that's what I mean. I don't that's know. that's <laughs> how
1: cyclical it is it's like impossible to know yeah i don't know i i think i lean towards more what you were saying i lean towards more that we like it so much, and therefore we keep creating it as yeah. a society. I mean, we're doing it right now. No, we are. We're we're talking about true crime right in this moment. So, see, point proved.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but to answer your question, um, going back to that, I think for me, where it really started, um, of all places, was reading fiction mysteries. I was obsessed with Nancy Drew. Growing, uh, oh, Nancy same. Drew. Growing up, um, Hardy Boys, all that stuff, and um, like my favorite of the Sweet Valley Twins books were the ones ah. when they had to solve a mystery. I love them. Every once in a while, they'd yeah. have one that was a mystery. Um, Babysitter's Club mysteries, mm-hmm. all of these things, so... And some of them, if I recall with Nancy Drew, were murders.
0: I, oh, I yeah, definitely right? remember reading. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: what I thought. And like growing up watching Matlock, it was somebody got stabbed in the back every single yep. time, literally stabbed in the back with a knife. Yeah. And that's why I slept on my back for years as a child because I'm scared <laughs> to get stabbed They won't back. turn
0: you over and get Yeah, you. <laughs> I was like, oh, if, if
1: I lay on my back, I cannot possibly get murdered. Yeah. You only get stabbed in the back. <laughs> but um, that's where it really began for me. And then when I got older and it, it, for me, it's always been about the mystery of it all.
0: Yes, I agree. I'm there with you.
1: I want to know what happened in especially when it's a thing where it's like we it's unsolved and we don't know what happened. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by that. Because for part of it with Nancy Drew, she was out for justice. Yeah, that's always what I wanted to see. So So. does that
0: mean that you are if you're going to choose a true crime podcast? Are you going to be more drawn to one that is like, Unsolved versus like a lot of the podcasts I know we both listen to. It'll even say sometimes in the description now, which is I love. Yeah, it'll be like abduction or like it'll give you kind of mm-hmm. like the one word of what it is or missing or something. Right. Are you more drawn to the ones that don't have a f- uh, like for sure uh, an ending? Um, I'm
1: drawn to the ones that don't have an ending, but there's hope for one. <laughs> I agree. Like if it's like a 70 year cold case, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just completely frustrated by it because I I feel hopeless Mm -hmm. listening to it. But I like the ones where there's some leads that like just need to really be followed up on and somebody dropped the ball and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Are those your favorite kind too? you? like? I would say
0: I'd say I'm drawn to those. And maybe this is also talking about the ethics or sounds terrible saying this, but I'm not I let's say if I have options of one that's solved or it's like a missing person's case yeah. or something like that I'm more likely to pick the solved one unless it is like um one of the the true crime ones where it's like a serial or I don't know what the right uh, word
1: limited is. series or I guess, I guess kind of like that words yeah what do they call that <laughs>
0: in podcasts. yeah like if it's like I've loved some of the podcasts where they basically threw looking at a specific case over, say, a series of eight episodes, right. we get closer and closer. And there really isn't, a, like, a for-sure suspect. Or there may be a suspect, but, like, it's not solved. It's not answered, But it yeah. feels like it's close, like what you're saying. Yeah. I'm totally there. Yeah. Um, but the ones that I feel like are kind of the cold cases that are from forever ago, I'm not as interested yeah. in. Just because it feels like... But at the same time, I know those are the exact cases that have been how, like, podcasting has... Reopen things that mm-hmm. people haven't heard about in the past, and yeah. I think it's been a really cool medium for people to hear the have their voices heard or or have stories heard that were, you know, small town cases that nobody seemed to care about or right you know things like that
1: right yeah I'm with you I think well obviously there's this huge question surrounding true crime as entertainment. Um, as a whole, where some people feel really strongly that we should not be consuming anything outside of the scope of like straight standard journalism. Like these are the facts. This is what happened in the end. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'm going to use the word sorted.
0: I love it. Let's
1: go back to episode one, yeah. guys. I apparently really like the word sorted. <laughs> you did.
0: You used it two times in, in, in like one. Two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but I think that... I probably do have some type of um, guilt on some level because I'm always wanting to consume the ones, um, the stories where there's hope to find justice and solve it and everything because I don't know why, but I'm like, what if I know something? Yeah, (laughs) Like how ridiculous is that? You know what I mean? But I think that it is that thing in my humanity where I'm like, I don't want to feel bad about listening to this and enjoying it. So I need to feel useful when I'm listening. And if mm. I don't feel useful, then I do feel a little tiny bit guilty, but just a tiny bit. Do
0: you feel like you've only started feeling guilty because you consume so much of it or like you felt guilty from the beginning?
1: I think I only felt guilty when people around me brought up that maybe I should That's feel guilty. Feel.
0: That's how I feel. I didn't feel that bad about it at all until people yeah. were like the ethics of it. And I was like, oh, right. I mean, I do hear what you're saying. And, you know, we've had many of the debates uh, Curtis and I have but just like also just for fun. But I I don't know. I feel very torn about all of this because I think there's this fine line where I I understand it's entertainment and we're sort of glorifying the criminal and not shining the light on the true story, which is the victim. But I, I don't, I think most, I can't, I don't know. I know I shouldn't generalize, but I feel like most of the podcasts I've listened to, I don't feel like they're glorifying No. the, you know, it doesn't sound like it's somebody that's like look at what this guy did it's so cool like it's like it's not not that that's what people are saying either but I just don't see how it's that different than like making movies or fiction you know making fictionalized murder movies and then everyone loving those I think that's weirder I do too like when you really break it down I think it's stranger
1: to sit down and imagine up like a sick horrible crime yeah murder rape abductions whatever it may be and have people act out these roles (laughs) than to um hear about learn about whatever the case may be listen to a story about somebody who actually did it which is terrible but it actually happened Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost worse to imagine it up
0: I agree. I don't, I, like, I don't understand, like, the slasher movies or things. Like, I mean, I love being a good thriller, don't get me wrong, but right. it's, I just don't see, like, if you have no ethical problem with those movies, then what is the problem with telling somebody's story? Right. And I truly feel like most people who are telling somebody else's story, so whether it's a podcast, which is what we're talking about, or, or I mean, we're not talking about podcasts, but true crime in general and entertainment, Yeah. I don't think people, for the most part, are set out setting out to not keep like a victim's family in mind or them in mind and it's like sometimes maybe the story gets out of hand or like the most of the details unfortunately are the crime scene or what happened to them and so we may hear more content about that because we may not know as much about the family or the victim and maybe that's something where that should be
1: modified
0: so that I don't know, maybe it's seen as less unethical.
1: Well, yeah, well, that's something I wonder, too, is, like, um, do we make these terrible criminals famous? Mm. And we do, is yeah, the thing. we do. We remember, without a doubt, I think this is weird and kind of sad, but it's true. We rem almost, there's, there's certain cases that are different, but most of the time we remember the murders by the murderer's name versus yeah. the murdered name that's true. i mean there are examples john benay ramsey yeah. or you know things like that but um most but the of the serial time, killers we remember, we remember names, ted bundy but we don't remember
0: the g- names of cause i don't, so many, know, any I of don't them. know any of them
1: either yeah and that's kind of sad so i do feel bad about that i don't know how to fix it mm-hmm. um and i don't know like I don't know what to do, about what you're talking about with the family and stuff like that, I always wonder with these podcasts that do the bigger, like the serialized kind of things where it's like eight, nine episodes or whatever. I, I, sometimes the families are involved and sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder about that. Like how does the the journalist or the reporter or the storyteller feel if they don't have like explicit blessings from the yeah, family? Yeah, permission from the family. Could you do it? Could you like tell a story about somebody if you didn't have permission from the family?
0: If I if I didn't have permission in the sense of they said no or in the sense of like I couldn't get a hold of them.
1: If you couldn't get a hold of them or they didn't respond.
0: Um, that's a good question. Because like you gave them the opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, I've thought I feel like even when I've thought about us making a podcast, I'm like, ooh, even though it's super saturated, I'm like what i love to you know i could see us being great investigators and making a crime podcast so oh, i have thought about this before i know
1: i am a great investigator yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've investigated
1: quite a lot oh, in I my day
0: i know you are <laughs> um i guess the answer to that question would be I, I let's let's put it this way if i could get in contact with the family and no one like and i sort of like we're not talking i reach out to one person Like, I've tried to reach out to a ton of people, and in this day and age, there's no way someone's, for the most part, Mm -hmm. not going to, like, you can get a hold of people a variety of ways. So, if you're hearing from no one, I would guess that means they either don't want to talk about it, or they're kind of saying no. So, I don't know if I could make a story about that. Yeah. I wonder if
1: there, are, and I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder if there are any of the big ones that we've listened to where that has been the case, where they did not get a response. Yeah. Or um, they didn't get, or they got a no, yeah. and they made it anyway. I wonder if that's the case. I've, I would think across the board... M- I would feel... Probably
0: not. See, I was going to say, I feel like that's had to have happened because...
1: Oh, you're probably right. Think of the things... I don't want to call out podcasts, but there are ones that do so many high volume that you're right. But they're not investigating. They're just regurgitating.
0: Yeah. Well, and I wasn't even thinking about that. I feel like ones that... It seems like they've tried to contact the family, and I can't even think of the specific name or anything, but I can kind of recall that, like, at some point, then they did become involved, so later on, it was oh, like... Oh, I
1: remember this, too. I Which like one is listened- that? Yeah,
0: where it's like, it seems like they started off, and then once people kind of realized the approach they were taking, they got more on board with it. Right. Um, but I would, I'd understand in this day and age, like, you... Are skeptical, and you're like, if I'm gonna mm-hmm. say, okay, what are you gonna do with my name or my family's name? But yeah. At the end of the day, people are gonna say it's like that's the part that's tough. Is it seems like it's a free for all a little bit, or you're taking the risk of yeah. talking about this and yeah, seeing what happens.
1: I don't know. I do think that if a journalist, podcast, or whoever is in that position, I would hope that they go the extra mile, yeah, to get that permission. Because I don't think I could sleep at night if I was like talking about somebody's family member and they, and they I like, knew no. in my heart that they didn't want me to be talking about this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All the guilt and even, even the inner like center in me, you know, it's going <laughs> to be like, if there's no. a hell you're going to go to hell.
1: It's true. Well, that's, it's funny you mentioned that because like of all the things I wasn't allowed to watch growing up, I was absolutely allowed to watch all the datelines. Oh date my like everything, like that, we would sit around and watch it as a family from like oh, as early as I can remember. Like SVU? My mom loves it too. Oh, and those, yeah. I mean, we watched True Crime as a kid, but we watched all the SVUs and the CSIs and.
0: Yeah, I have yeah. like who I have some like not good memories. Not like I don't even blame my like this is not a even a bad parenting thing. I actually don't think I was uh, too young for it, but it was just like, I mean, maybe I was because it was actually it stuck with me so. um all that said, like, we watched a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, what stuck with you? Uh, there's one. I can still remember the episode. It was from, I think it was called the show, was it The Practice? Um, yeah, that's a show. And, I don't know when it was,
1: but it was a show. But
0: there, <laughs> basically, I can remember them uh, on, the, on the show. It was like a, a serial rapist and murderer. And I think at the time, I was maybe, I want to say I was like 11 or 12. Okay. Like pre-teen. I wasn't crazy young, but I was... So they felt it was okay to – I watched the show with them, like, yeah. weekly. And I think I didn't fully understand that people did that to people. Like, I mean, I understood what sex was or something like that, but I I don't know. There was something about the show. The guy was super creepy, and it was, like – I don't know. It yeah. Was, I could still see it, and he he was actually one of the main guys in Lost. And yeah. I still – every time I watched that show, like, when I watched all of Lost, it was, like, I can't unsee the – the rapist guy that you played on that show. Oh,
1: wait, who was it in lost?
0: Um, it was like the,
1: the mousy looking guy with mm-hmm. the big mole. Yep, yep. I knew it. He's yep. always the bad guy. He's on a new show that just started right now, um, where he's a really bad I think it's called like evil. Or, it's called it's the show's called Evil. Oh, okay. And that he's makes the sense. evil guy on the new show Evil. Yeah. He's a great actor. He's I think his g- name is Michael something. Yes, yes. He will you're killing it, dude. Yeah in the criminal. Doing great evil job. Game. Stuck
0: with me for years. <laughs> Had nightmares about you.
1: Brittany still associates <laughs> you with her earliest childhood I do, nightmares. I do. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I so the other part of it is, I think it sucks that we call it entertainment in a way. I agree. Because it makes me feel like we're sitting in a stadium in like old, like Rome or something and people are below us like rocking each other to death. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Stoning. It's we're called like, stoning. This
0: rocking. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally staying in the episode. Oh my
1: God. It is definitely uh, not called I was rocking. Like, that is not what they meant by rock and roll. <laughs> Wow, but anyway, that's in some way when we say entertainment, it makes me feel that way. So I do feel, as consumers who care, yes. let's call us that. Yes, like it's like the more you know, consumers who care. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like we have. I feel like we should. Wow, I just can't get to the point that you we should. sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> never that we should that our language surrounding true crime should not be overly s- salacious I, I don't like I do this sometimes but I I always feel bad afterwards if I'm like oh I loved that story about the serial killer who blah 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 or, like, or
0: so you're saying it like, was if it so was, good if you say a certain podcast <sighs> that was about crime was so good you feel bad
1: yes Because what I want to say is, I I, I feel more. (laughs) You're like I'm not there.
0: No, I. But I feel better if I say
1: something like, "Oh, it was nuts. It was crazy. That story was wild." I agree. Sure, I agree. And I know that that is so being PC about things, but I also think that it's important to frame your language around something in such a way that we're not glorifying it.
0: I totally. It's not about
1: glorifying it. Yes, we're consuming it, and yes we're enjoying consuming it even that is hard for me to kind yeah. of say but I don't know that we should walk around being like oh what a great story yeah. Loved that one I guess
0: as you're saying that I don't I try not to say but not even consciously, consciously I feel yeah. like I normally don't say like I loved that one or I'd be like yeah I'd be more like that was super fascinating or that was crazy yeah crazy or interesting yeah but i I definitely think it's good to be mindful yeah. Of how we're how we're talking about it.
1: Yeah. I don't even know how I got off on that tangent. No, it's good though. But I it was a good it was a good tangent. It I was. don't I'm I i do not want to tell you about all the true crime podcasts I love in that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we have the list. I mean, I know we said it in maybe episode one or two, but it's like I feel like we've consumed them all Pretty and it's, much.
1: I'm behind on a couple.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know it's not all, but it's like it's really bad when it's like I'll start a new one, and if it's like the the type where it's not serialized, and it's just you know one episode is one story. Yeah. I get this. Maybe this is really bad. I'm like sad when I already like I'm like oh I already know. This I already story. know the story. Oh, I already know the story. Yeah. And then I don't want to listen to it because I'm like I've already heard it told like 50 times. So, I know. Which tells you how much I've listened to these, but sometimes they have quite a new lot. <laughs> takes on them. But
1: yeah, they sometimes do. Yeah. Um. But going back to something we were talking about earlier. So, you know, they talk about like copycat um, criminals and things like that. Mm -hmm. I do wonder if the entertainment aspect of um, true crime is dangerous in the sense that it makes these people famous like we know their names and we look them up and we read about them and you know thank god that law was passed whenever it was that like you can't um, profit off of your crimes anymore like you can't oh, write a book like write a and book get about paid. It. Yeah. yeah, but that wasn't a thing for a long time. Yeah. and it makes me think about the Luca Magnata story and yeah. about the Luca Magnata story if you skipped through the beginning at all or um, don't know that story there may be spoilers in this. We're going to speak openly. So, if this is a story you don't know about, it was a, a whole short mini series on Netflix called um, Don't Fuck with Cats. Mm-hmm. And if you have not watched that yet, you've been wanting to, you may want to fast forward this yeah. part. And just it's a worth bit.
0: watching. So,
1: yeah, it's totally worth watching. But I'm going to talk about it openly as so though we've all seen it yep. and we definitely have. Yeah. So, with this guy, he made himself famous knowing that people can't look away from terrible content.
0: Yeah. It's he knew that. Crazy. And he knew,
1: you know, he hid his identity, but he also like equally kind of wanted to be found out. Yeah. I mean he, he wanted to be with hunted the whole
0: time. Like it, yeah. It's and I as fascinating as his story is, uh and I didn't feel that bad watching it, which I maybe I shouldn't say that. But when you really look at his story, that is that his story makes me question the ethics of true yes. crime because I think he did it completely knowing that he would gain fame through it, mm-hmm. and I mean it was something from from his story, from the little bit that we got to to watch. Like it seems like becoming famous was something he always wanted, and yep. so
1: whatever somehow, it
0: took. yeah. But I do think. I don't know. I, I feel like somebody that already has that in mind, there's got to be something mentally ill yeah. or maybe they're evil. I don't know. But it it, yeah. it seems like I don't think someone that just wants to be famous is going to be like, oh, I'm going to go do something crazy. And it just keeps escalating. I think somebody probably would have to have already had those behaviors.
1: Right. To the point that violence is involved. Yeah, exactly. And like really sick violence.
0: Just I... I stuff you can't fathom no
1: and they did a great job on that show though because they kind of open questioning the ethics and do you remember the closing line in the whole series I, I it was I don't think I'll ever forget and she it She looks
0: right at the camera she
1: looks right at the camera again,
0: I have goosebumps right I, now
1: yeah so this again we're speaking to those of us who have watched this one of the armchair investigators of the Luca Magnata case, who was involved in trying to find who this terrible person was before he even killed a human, she, um, at the very end of the whole thing, looks directly at the camera and says, you, you watching this at home, and I'm paraphrasing, but you, you watching this at home, are you part of the problem that you're watching this right now? <laughs>
0: I've literally got goosebumps.
1: Oh. You're watching I just think I got them too because you yeah. said it. That means I'm an empath and not a serial killer. They're contagious. <laughs> um Yeah, that are you part of the problem by watching this right now that people like that get the attention that they're looking for and, and do these horrible things. I don't think so though, because I, I don't I, think yeah. it's common enough. I feel like the question clearly presupposes that there is a problem when she yeah. says are, you know, whatever it was again, paraphrasing, but are you part of the problem? Is there a problem? I think it's the question, the overarching question of this whole thing is, is there a problem with cre with consuming and watching and listening to and reading and even creating from the creator side, true crime content? And I don't, I don't know that there is a problem
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously subjective. Maybe some people might think it should be something that's black and white, but I don't personally think it's a problem. I think, I don't find there to be an issue when you are telling a story of something that happened. Like, I know it's maybe a stretch to be like, this is a part of history, but it literally is a part of history. Maybe it's not a war story or a famous, you know, about Hitler or something. But I just, I guess when you, I don't know bring up somebody like Hitler it's like so we're allowed to tell all these stories mm-hmm. of you know genocide and that's okay because it's a part of history but these like individual stories that's about actually a really crime. great point
1: no that's a really great point because this is someone's history it is this happened in the scope of humanity and it affected the thing that you have to remember too is we always think about the family the family who is affected absolutely we have to but think about how many people know you.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not just your family who gets affected. Yeah. It's an entire workplace. It's an entire graduating class from college, from high school, from childhood. It's, you know, people from past churches you were at, from yeah. every club you've ever been involved in. And it not it's not just the family. You know what I'm saying? It is that True. idea that like one life reaches thousands never, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's this ripple effect. But I've never thought about that before because I've thought about that argument a lot that you just said about things that are more like history yeah this is still history
0: it is and I think you know it's what too personal for people and that's yeah. why they feel like it's like it's too close and so therefore it's uncomfortable and therefore we feel bad about it and it's right like you, in a way we should feel bad about i don't feel bad for watching it i feel bad for the shit that people have to go through from the yeah The dealing with, you know, there's people who have not been able to have didn't have access to mental health care Mm -hmm. or had a terrible childhood or something. And they did like terrible shit, horrible things, you know, and I think that's terrible. But I don't think there's a problem with being informed about that any more than there's a problem with us learning about history brave right. Hitler or something. And on the
1: flip side of that, maybe there's a positive. Maybe it's unethical to not take an interest in these things. Yeah. It, I'm not even like that sounds like almost laughable. Like I'm almost slapping at myself, but I'm not kidding because if we don't take an interest in these things, we're ignoring that it happened. Yeah. And these people who, you know, I'm talking specifically about murder here just for um, argument's sake. These people deserve for their stories to be told. Yeah. Which brings me to another point. I don't mean to divert, but... No, go for it. I'm gonna. I think <laughs> I mean to divert. I'm gonna divert. Um, There... Very interestingly, it's classism among true crime consumers. Yeah. Where there are some people who are like, I'll consume, I feel like, we should have a drinking game where you drink every time we say the word consume in this episode. <laughs> it's a little late, but you can just guzzle yeah, just, just, just guzzle a 750 mil right now to make up for all the past consumes and you'll be caught up. <laughs> yeah. um, there are people who say, I will only watch, consume, whatever – true crime content of a certain caliber it has to be done in a certain way and if it's not done in this certain way then it's too lowbrow for me and I consider it to be um, unethical
0: interesting yeah so do you have like any examples in mind or just kind of well no there season? are I
1: mean even there's like a whole slew of people who are like I won't watch Dateline yeah. I won't watch the Snapped episodes i won't watch the investigation discovery sort of things because it is not produced on this it, it it doesn't feel like a journalistic piece yeah you know what i mean no it makes sense it does but i wonder so that's a thing like there are people within the community who are all enjoying this for lack of a better word and seeking it out um and using it as entertainment but even within it there are divides yeah
0: are you I do watch like, it all. Sure, go ahead. We, no, <laughs> I do too. Are you saying like highbrow versus sort of lowbrow? Yeah. I mean, are you referring to like it would be okay for people to consume it if like let's say it was a news story, like an extended news story right. versus like...
1: There are some podcasts that every single episode is a different story and they're just facts and then there are other ones that have facts, but it's also a lot of conjecture and opinion Mm -hmm. where it can be completely unfounded. Yeah. And they, you know, maybe accuse people of being evil when there's mental illness involved, evil when there's economics involved and, you know, social class upbringing, abuse, whatever the case may be. I guess maybe in a certain way I am a little classist (laughs) within the genre, but I also consume both.
0: Yeah, I consume both as well it's uh, yeah it's tough because okay i think if we're let's talk about we've talked about podcasts a lot but yeah. let's say television so like a 48 hours or a 2020 yep you know i can i i don't mind those are they my favorite to watch compared to say like a really well-produced netflix miniseries right no i'm gonna pick the netflix miniseries because it's easier to consume um but then, yeah, I guess you get into that gray area of is one, but I don't know. I feel like 48 hours or 2020, 20, sometimes that can seem more. Mm-hmm. It's not even um, salacious, does sound a little extreme, but I think all it takes, and I work in the TV industry, it's like all it takes is a couple lines of what we call like sound bites or interview bites of you know something kind of cheesy sounding and all of a sudden like somebody's turned into a suspect that was never a suspect before you right. know um, whereas i think sometimes the the mini series sort of allows you to have more of an investigation and like a bigger uh, take a bigger picture at the at whatever story you're looking at yeah and i think those one offs even though i consume them all the time i think the problem with them sometimes is if you are not just delivering the facts then you do get into this gray area of like generalizing or making assumptions right. about people that you really haven't, don't know the information That you don't about. know at all. And I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm
1: thinking right now as you're talking about like a Dateline special and half of the voiceover's questions, could she have been in exactly- the home? You know yeah. what I mean? And it's yeah. like that question may not have even actually existed in the investigation. And so maybe there is, oh God, I love it. Though. I don't love it. I don't <laughs> I did I just like broke my own rule but I enjoy this man you know what it is it's like watching Matlock and like those kinds of things from back in the day and Columbo and all these things were so private eye you know what I mean and that's how it feels like somebody asking those questions but maybe there is an ethical responsibility to give it the due diligence and if a story can't actually be told in a 42 minute you know made for TV episode maybe it maybe it shouldn't be told
0: I was gonna say the same thing I think maybe that's a question a good question
1: maybe it does need to be like a longer yeah you know mini series type situation just out of respect for the fact that like you're truncating this to the point almost of it being maybe ridiculous
0: yeah I kind of want to touch on or like kind of go back for a minute about if we go back to the Netflix it's Netflix right
1: Uh, The Don't don't Fuck fuck With Cats. cats. I believe it's Netflix.
0: So if we go back to the Netflix, and again, if you haven't watched it, spoiler alert. um, But do you feel like in terms of ethical, if we're talking about the ethical ramifications of things like this movie, but also bringing into account what happens in the show is like basically the internet sleuth, which has become, I mean, it's probably been around for a while, but it's become such a huge thing now because everyone, number one, is fascinated by, by true crime, they're listening to all these podcasts. They're listening to or watching all of these documentaries. But if you watch that show or show that series, they were onto this guy before the police and right. tried to help the police. And these it's those kind of stories as much as like. Th- the story about Luke, Ma- Luke, what is it, Luca?
1: Luca. Luca Magnata. Yeah, Magnata. Mm-hmm.
0: As much as I hate his story in, the t- in terms of trying to find fame through crime, the, what I enjoyed or found fascinating about his story is how Internet sleuths basically, I think because of a fascination... Basically, could have helped solve a crime, yeah. and I think that's what's happening sometimes. Even on all these podcasts, maybe they're not solving a crime at the end of the day, but they're at least giving exposure to yes. these small cri- time, small time, small town crimes or or crimes that like you know wouldn't wouldn't have seen the light of day because it wasn't a big enough story or right. or, or there was or it's one of many that right. were affected. And I think it's a a medium that is an amazing tool that is being able to be used nowadays. Right. nowadays but it's been around for a while but now it's like it's the exploded. exposure has exploded and with any time that happens in society no matter what it is there are ramifications of that mm-hmm. and i think that's why the ethics are even being questioned with this whole topic both in society and podcasts and entertainment you know what at the end of the day when i'm gonna sit and listen to or watch something a podcast um I think my issue of where I start to feel any kind of ethical ramifications is I'll go and I'll, like, listen and listen and listen to a million podcasts of true crime. And then I hit a point where I just feel – I don't know. Like, I feel it – I don't know if it's, like, in my spirit or (laughs) something is telling me that I – I need a break and then I'll typically like reach for an audiobook or something yeah. for something lighter. That's just in- mental
1: health, Brittany. That's not. <laughs> That's true.
0: I'm informing <laughs> myself and then I need to be entertained by fiction and not entertained by true crime. Right. Um, I don't know. It's-, it's
1: like true. It's like true crime is like the narrows of Gotham
0: yes yeah, well I, yeah.
1: in 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 a, in a i was gonna say in quite literally a way but then again batman is also fiction <laughs> so it's like a non-literal literal way yeah um but it's like yeah like batman's hanging out down there he's got to see what's going on he wants yeah. to seek some justice but then at some point he's got to come back up from the narrows yeah. and like see some sunshine you like, know don't you
0: feel okay i can't I'm projecting that on you, so you don't have to say yes or no, but don't you feel like if you don't consume any of it, that you're being a little bit ignorant? Yeah, to some extent. Or like choosing to be ignorant about things that are happening in the world. It's just a very, it's like the microcosms of things versus like the macro... No, I come
1: no I completely hear you I think it could almost be unethical not to be aware yeah of these things that have, that have happened to people because these are their personal histories it's like no it's not the Holocaust. It's horrible. It's not even like necessarily Ted Bundy, which is like, you know, many, many people yeah. in like Jonestown and these kind of things. But if it's even a singular incident, it's that person's history and one person reaches so many people. Yeah. You know, and so many lives are affected.
0: I agree. So
1: I do. Yeah, like maybe maybe all y'all who aren't consuming true crime content <laughs> are the real problem.
0: Yeah, you're the unethical one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Looking at you, Curtis. Yeah, I
0: know. Just kidding. Know. But I feel on like that note, we're gonna have to. I was about to say yeah. we're gonna have to talk about him. Cause, we must. You know. Okay, so we watch a lot of true
1: crime mm-hmm. as an audience, but something kind of different is your husband, Curtis. Mm-hmm. He, uh, your husband, my friend. <laughs> he is a TV editor and he has edited true crime and he, it's almost like he has like war stories about editing true crime. And he's never, at least from the conversations we've had outside of this, he's never been as big of a, Ugh, it's a, it feels fan. gross to say fan. I it
0: does say it does seem. Ooh. I know. I feel
1: like we're answering a lot of our own questions through this conversation this about our, the ethics. We said,
0: it's our therapy session. It really is. By the end of it, we will have figured it out.
1: We yes, <laughs> we will know the answers. But he's never. I'm just going to use the word fan. He or follower, whatever. One more time, consumer drink. Yeah, he has never been such one as we have been. Um, so then he started editing certain things that he has told stories about that are just wild and so I'm sure plenty of things he has not told stories about yeah. and he now is even more prone to not watching things, to not listening to things, to not reading things. Yes. And I wonder though if it's affecting people behind the scenes in such a way, videographers, producers, editors, yeah. you know, story producers, these people is there an ethical responsibility to not pay people and hire people who need to earn livings to create this content that is it's palatable for us and it's okay with the ratings on TV for what we're watching, Yeah, but they saw it all raw?
0: Yeah, it is a tough, it's a really tough subject that has a very great answer because at the end of the day, living in LA, it's like you're like you trying to take the jobs you can and part of this... I mean Curtis has had many options but he hasn't for a little while he hadn't ed- he hadn't edited true crime and an opportunity came up and he it wasn't nobody's you know uh forcing him to do anything he chose to do it but there have been uh, serious might be extreme but ramifications maybe serious ramifications to consuming that content on a very raw level you know he's spoke of things like use he's used words even when we talked about this before the podcast words like trauma traumatizing mm. and um i mean part of working in tv when you're going to work with that kind of content it's from what i from the little bit that i've been around even the company that i work at uh whenever you're going to be exposed to anything that's graphic or something like that when it's like a medical sort of thing They try to make sure that, you know, people are aware of that before you sign on to that. You're aware of, like, what you're going to see, but you're still faced with the everyday, day in and day out. Things like seeing a crime scene, seeing police photos, and seeing police footage that is the raw, unedited, unblurred Mm -hmm. footage that's that's going to... Yeah, and you're going to see it over and over and over again, and... I mean, kind of speaking for him, yes, he's, or no, or yes, he's never been a big fan of true crime. He's somebody who, um, every once in a while we would, we actually listen to a lot of podcasts together Mm -hmm. and I think it was at the very beginning, like he loved Serial and then that's kind of like, we both listened to some podcasts together and then after that we sort of parted ways and I realized... Oh, I found the things that I'm super interested in and he just didn't, it wasn't for him. And part of me, I'm, I am kind of curious about that. Like, what is it that makes say you and I very interested in this topic? Like, I I hate, I don't even want to say like fascinated, even though I am. Yeah. But interested in this topic versus a Curtis. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say if he wasn't in the TV industry, I, I, again, I am speaking for him in this moment, but I would assume that even if he didn't work in TV, he actually wouldn't be into it. I think this is like more of a fundamental, yeah. maybe kind of ethical thing for him um, or yeah. interest. I Curtis is
1: like in just for a little background on him, too. Curtis is what uh, one might call good. <laughs> Curtis <laughs> is has just a, a g- heart. He yeah, he's just like a good man. He's a yeah. good person. I think so. Um, You know. So there's that. But something that you're bringing up is making me think this. And this could be a broad generalization. Mm -hmm. Do you feel in your experience like most people who are into true crime are female? Yes. Me too. And I'm wondering now through this conversation because it's a good one. I'm having a good time. (laughs) Me Um, too. I'm wondering if part of our fascination might be that um, A lot of these stories, obviously not across the board. Men get murdered all the time. But most
0: yeah, abductions,
1: most. rapes, murders, all these things are violence against women. Yeah. And so I wonder if there's something to do with our interest being like um, like, almost empathetic. Victims,
0: I was going to say like we're the victims in the story. Usually yes. he may not be interested because he would be right. the... Criminal.
1: Right. The antagonist. Yeah. I don't know. It's not something I've ever thought about. Yeah. But I wonder if there is something to that, that we're empathizing, we're um, connecting, relating to these victims who are typically displayed in these stories is, no that's
0: a very good point i hadn't I really know. thought about that either
1: yeah i don't know but that also brings up the question of the stories we hear about most are about we're both white women yeah and man this is going all kinds of places it is we're, we're both t- white women we
0: are touching all the things
1: i hate calling myself a woman
0: Ugh. I know. We're we're twenty Girls, months.
1: can I call like I know we're supposed to be like I'm a woman, but like something about it I'm not into. Yeah. <laughs> Which has a whole other conversation Depends about feminism. On the context,
0: but yes, yeah. I mostly agree. Yeah,
1: you feel me. You feel yeah. me. But I wonder then too if because if the, it's again chicken and the egg thing where so many of these stories we see are people who are like us, look like us mm-hmm. when there are plenty of people who have been harmed, injured, murdered, raped, killed, all these things who don't look like us, but their stories aren't being told. So the people who are consuming true crime may not be look like us. Yeah. They're not consuming as much. But I'm literally just having these thoughts right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wonder if like we're the biggest demographic of consumer because they're telling our stories more than other people's. I
0: agree. I've wondered that too because I think there's been a couple podcasts where they've mentioned this where there's been a story of like an African American woman or uh, indigenous
1: women. Indigenous there, yep. women,
0: yes. There's been a, there's been several amazing podcasts about them, and I think like that's where this sort of movement or whatever movement or like influx of Mm -hmm. mediums um, has been incredibly helpful. But at the same time, I think because we aren't seeing a multitude of different races and it's mostly white women and sexes and that like the people who are consuming them are people that identify with the victim typically.
1: Like oh it could be me next
0: yeah, which is sad. I mean it it like on the one hand it makes sense. It's like the whole like bachelor situation where you know you look at the demographics and like yeah it's you know it's unfor- it's very it's unfortunate and I I hope that there will be change soon. Um, but it it's it is interesting yeah. and I I'm curious if you know if more stories were told.
1: If more of us would be paying attention. You know yeah. what?
0: Let's call ourselves
1: payer attentioners because I don't want to call myself a fan.
0: <laughs> I know. I don't either. Yeah. Payer it, attentioners. Yeah. That's
1: a terrible thing. We okay. Payer attentioners is the worst name I've ever come up We're with in my life. We're going to be PAs.
0: We're just going <laughs> back to. How can we make it be PK? Yeah.
1: Um, payer c- attentioners.
0: <laughs> I was going to say something knowledge, but I don't know oh, what that's the P good. word would be.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's a yeah, terrible we'll idea. That. PK stands for <laughs> pastor's kid, preacher's kid. We're just trying to get there and make yeah. it full circle, which we clearly can't. But man, I feel like I've uh, tapped a little well here is how I feel. I think so too. Of just like questions to ask myself. And if yeah. I am going to, you know what it is too. I feel like if I'm going to consume this content, do I do I have an ethical responsibility to take it a step further? Ugh, and I don't even know how, but like in the instances where it's unsolved or, you know, I don't know, like, should we be, um, you know, lots of times, which is great, they put out um, GoFundMes and things like mm-hmm. that to support the investigation. Yeah, and yeah. Like, do we have an ethical responsibility to patronize these types of aids I don't know.
0: yeah. No, I think, I think it is a tough, it's a tough situation yeah. to figure out how to navigate, like, how are we, how can we do the right thing or, or be...
1: Anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't know. I mean, coming from a background of, par- you know, like, my background was a missionary kid and you raise money to give to some person. People would donate money, churches would donate money to my parents to go overseas and help people in Africa yeah. and I feel like in a way you know part of what some of not I, I'm i not going to speak for all podcasters I don't know what everybody's intentions are but I think there are some very good ones out there there are a lot of podcasts out there about underrepresented communities and I think if you take the time to pay attention listen to what they're saying there are opportunities of ways to help and I think that is one way if we're trying to be more ethical about consuming true crime and and it being less entertainment versus non-entertainment, or no, I, that was the same thing, <laughs> being entertainment versus not entertainment, Um, I think that's something to check out. Yeah. You know, because maybe it is contributing towards a sort of general place that is helping others in the long run. I don't know. Right. Like sure.
1: collaborative justice. Yeah. Like we're working together for a greater good. But I think the thing is, is like, are we all doing that? No. Are no. we always going to do that every single time? No. Um, but might we? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. And therefore, I'm coming to the conclusion that I think as a whole, um, I don't think, people should feel I don't think people should feel bad yeah. for being consumers of true crime content. I think we I should agree. be conscientious. I think that we should be empathetic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um if you're watching it and you're you know, getting some kind of weird glee out of it and it it gets to a place, you know, we chatted with Curtis about this one time, but it gets to a place where it's almost like smut for you, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something wrong with you. I don't think that that is who um, viewers, watchers, listeners as a whole are. Yeah. And um, I would actually, on some level... Say that those who do consume a lot of this content might be some of the most empathetic, um, conscientious citizens, honestly. I think so. In too. certain ways. It's like these are the people who are like I mean, I know safety we're first. We are. But- well, we're awesome. <laughs> safety first, you know, um kindness first you also trust no one yeah <laughs> trust no you know don't be stupid don't be an idiot is that like inherently victim blaming yeah. I don't know probably yeah. but you know what I'm saying is um I I don't think that we're evil or anything like no, that No, I don't think so I, and we don't know no and we that's don't the thing know. about I'm not saying we know <laughs> we don't know except I'm right
0: except she's right <laughs> We told you, when you're going to join this in, in on this podcast with us, we're not going to answer your questions. We're just going to give you more questions to go research yourself.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Who has time for answers? I know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that these are questions we have to... I think we have a responsibility to ask them yeah. and continue talking about them. Um. Wow. Okay. So that was a lot. We definitely... <laughs> We want to have a conversation with you guys. So let us know your thoughts. What did we not hit on that we should be talking about? Um, this Like I said, this could be multiple episodes. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it's something that we just need to stay aware of and not become – it's like you don't want to sink down into becoming like the lowest forms of humanity. Like we're yeah. – you know, you want to ha- have something good come from this type of content being produced. So – that's that. That is that. <laughs> wow, I feel like heavy and light at the same I, time. I was
0: gonna say the exact same thing. Oh. I do feel like I'm gonna sit in this yes. for a few days of just kind of going. Hmm. I I hadn't really thought about some of this. I, I really have not thought of the ramifi- ramifications or just what, what responsibility. We're really cons- yeah, responsibility. You're yeah. the best with words. I'll just always pause Gosh. and then be like.
1: Over Is that you, annoying, Tiffany. though? No, that I might love be it annoying. because I'm
0: always like, she's going to know if I just look at her.
1: I don't know. I think that might be annoying. <laughs> I, um, I don't
0: find it annoying. I, I, everybody can fill you. in my, my words for me because I'm usually like... <laughs> Give me five more minutes and I'll think of the right word.
1: Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Okay. Well, this week we have a quick top three. I have some old acquaintances in the YouTube um, creator content space. Um, I wouldn't quite call them friends. We've crossed paths many times. They're lovely men. They have lovely wives. And, you know, we've shared meals and things like that in the past. It's been quite some time. But Rhett and Link are um, two YouTube content creator extraordinaires. Um, They have a great podcast called Ear Biscuits. And for the first time ever, I mean, they're YouTube pioneers. Yeah. But for the first time ever, they talked on their podcast in the last couple of weeks on a couple of episodes um, about their past their religious past their upbringing upbringing really yes and i knew this i connected with um Rhett's wife about this in the past but they um in the past were extremely evangelical were completely raised evangelical i did not know any of this yes um were involved in like the la church scene at one point um and all these things and so really for the first time ever, they're telling on their podcast, Ear Biscuits, their evangelical story. So it's interesting to listen to these two guys. They've been best friends since first grade. They might be 40 now, 37, 38, 39, 40. I don't know. Um, And, you know, they've gone through this whole journey together. And now for the first time ever, they're telling the story of their their well, religious past and the of deconstruction of their faith, too, yeah. which is really interesting. So um, we started out in the yeah I'm gonna I almost said public eye to all 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 (laughs) of you guys but we started out um you know immediately out of the gates talking about our evangelical upbringing Mm -hmm. and these guys it's taken them you know 15 20 years to do it and they're doing it now and I'm proud of them and it's a very great listen from two male perspectives
0: yeah oh I'm definitely gonna check that out I'm super curious it's great I feel like we we find each other it's like eventually you find the people you start talking yeah. about it and you're like okay oh you
1: too yeah that's exactly what it is it's like there's the me too move- movement I, yep <laughs> and there's the you too movement and yep. this like i don't know like um mm. yeah exactly yeah. and i'm not talking about the band <laughs> Okay, welcome to my cheesy humor. Okay, um, so that's number one. Number two, um, there is a photo series. It's from 2017, but it started making the rounds again. Things just do that sometimes, which I'm glad for because... Yeah, like fashion. (laughs) fashion. This is back um, from 2017. I never saw it then, so I wanted to talk about it now. There's a photographer named Chris Buck. He released a photo essay titled, Let's Talk About Race. And in it, he juxtaposes caucasian women against women of color um in stereotypically reversed roles so for instance there's like a bunch of white women um in a nail salon and they're giving pedicures to Mm. asian women yeah um there's a scene where there's like a little girl a little white girl looking up at a wall of toys in a toy store and every single doll is a doll of color yeah and then there's another scene with a latina woman who is in a luxury suite and she's i don't know reading or on her phone or something i can't remember at this exact moment but she's looking at something and there's like a white maid pouring her tea and she's ignoring her oh yeah and it's such powerful imagery and even in talking about this um, it makes me think back to what we were talking about earlier about you know are we such consumers of um, yeah. True crime because we're seeing ourselves reflected in it.
0: Totally. And I so think that
1: that's such a tie in. I think that these, you know, looking at these images, it's like you don't want to be a little girl who's Latina, African-American, Asian, whatever the case may be, Um, you know, Middle Eastern and looking up at a wall of no one who looks just like you. Yeah. And they're showing and we are so accepting of the opposite. We'd see it all the time. And yeah. We don't think twice about it. Yeah. And um, it's just really powerful. I love that it's come Sounds back around. Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. We will link. You have to look at these. And if anything, it's just something to pause on and ruminate about. Yes. Take a minute.
0: I agree. Yeah. I'd be interested to see um, a series done, not to even say this in a joking way, but like of a male-female reversal.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, that's I a think, great idea. Yeah. I wonder I if somebody's done something like that. that. We should Maybe look that up. We but should that's- look that up. Super smart. And I thought that was interesting, too, because the photographer of this is male. Oh, yes. And I wonder what led him to um, do the female perspective and not just the male male, um, race reversal. Yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't
1: know. But that is smart. I want to see that.
0: I just think it'd be like I had this. I mean, this is kind of a side note, but I had this thought earlier when I think we were talking at work or something today where it's just funny how when we're looking, you know, in the jobs we're in. We, we bounce around a lot, so we're talking about just, like, different jobs we've had, and it's, like, most of the guys my age, or I would say probably most guys, bef- you know, who are older than us, you know, you see a job for a receptionist. Yeah. And you just, the guy, it, somebody told me this at work, they're, like, you, it's, like, you almost just go, oh, that's not for me, that's for a woman looking for a job, and I just, right? I'd be interested to see of what, it's a photo series. Yeah something done in that way where i know at this day and age a lot of the guys are i've been around in the whole me too movement it's like i know they're hearing what we're saying but i think a visual representation could be very interesting oh
1: that's powerful if this has not been done and you're a photographer
0: yes (laughs) this might be something worth
1: exploring yeah go make it happen send us a link we're here for it yep Yes. Um, And the last thing I'll mention this week on my top three, again, is going back to the theme of the week. But I do feel like I want to recommend the new series on Netflix, a three-part limited series. It's called Killer Inside. Um, And it is the story of Aaron Hernandez, who was um, a young tight end for the um new england patriots and i feel a specific connection to this one because he was also a florida gator Mm -hmm. and he was in college with me at the same time that's
0: what i realized when i just watched that i was like i kept meaning to text you and i'm like girl when i saw wait wait wait, it's terrible i'm terrible at football what's the the christian guy's name
1: tim tebow (laughs) tim tebow
0: as soon as i saw tim tebow i was like oh oh oh, yeah oh there I know Tiffany was there at the same yeah. time. That's
1: yeah, yeah, crazy. it was all during that time. So, like, you you know, there were certain people, but you would die for Tim Tebow to, you know, throw yeah. the ball to Aaron Hernandez, like, Hernandez, whoever it was, Rainy, whatever. And it was such a special time to be a Florida Gator. It was Title Town USA, Tebow time, all that stuff. But Aaron Hernandez was a huge part of our team. And then he, very young, again, went off to the New England Patriots. And Things that transpired, it just, um, it's heartbreaking, it's sad, it's confusing, there's questions involved, um, but like I said, I feel a personal connection to it. Some of my actual, like, childhood friends are in the docuseries. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, we went to high school together, I've known them since middle school, the Pouncy Twins, and they're, wow. I mean, they're in the podcast and they're in the, in the, um, in the series but and it also I will say this story was also a podcast that the Boston Globe put out um, last year so I should mention that as well fantastically done if I would say one is better than the other the Boston Globe killed it on the podcast but if you're a more visual person it's something worth watching and it's just something interesting from the perspective of our iconization of athletes
0: I agree and I'm not a football yeah like I, again, I, if you haven't been listening until this point, I grew up overseas in South Africa. So I followed rugby and soccer and uh, cricket. Didn't follow cricket. <laughs> it's a terrible sport. Nobody um, follows cricket. Nobody What's follows cricket? cricket. But football, I I, I I have learned to enjoy it. I do fantasy football and try yeah. to figure it out. But I don't, I'm still learning like kind of all of these stories yeah. and trying to understand it's fascinating to me. So yeah. I had, I had actually heard this whole story. I don't even know if I li- listened to the Boston Globe one. I think I heard like a small version of this on another podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, to be honest at the time, I barely made it through it. Cause I was just like, like who is this? What is this? It's, it wasn't sure. significant to me, but seeing for me, and I would love to check out the Boston Globe one. Um, the visual part for me of just following the story
1: yeah,
0: was helpful for somebody yeah. just not as familiar with the game and, just seeing all of it. But it was yeah. very well done. I, I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about it too. Is it also. If you're not. Like. The, if you've listened this far. And you're not the biggest true crime person. This. This particular story also opens up um, medical questions so a huge thing if you know a bit about murder and serial killers and things is oftentimes there is a history of traumatic brain injury Mm -hmm. with these people and um you know football is high impact it is a high impact sport so even beyond you know if you want to call it salacious and all these things and the accusations, whatever, there's a scientific element to yeah. it. And there's a question of should our children be playing football? Totally. I don't know. I'm obsessed with it. And do I want my kid to play? Absolutely not.
0: No. So, no, I learned some stuff in there that I was like, I mean, I know about that they get injured, but I didn't understand some of the brain the stuff until which, yeah. even just seeing that is where I, I liked seeing the visual where they like showed some brain scans. And you're like, oh, th- this this you can literally see that there's a change in whatever's happened to them from playing this football yeah so yeah that's yeah highly recommend i just finished it the other day so it was great yeah yeah
1: so check them out let us know what you think that's that for the week uh we are excited to talk again next week i I feel like we're talking at you but we're really talking to each other
0: if you have stuck around this long thank you we love you we appreciate you and we will see you next week. Amen. I know, like
1: So this is like outtakes material. Yeah, no,
0: totally. But I at one point in my life. Maybe in the future, because I listen to so many podcasts and audiobooks, I'm like, oh, maybe it's a side gig. I could totally record an audiobook. <laughs> and now that I've listened to myself on a podcast, I'm like, oh, <laughs> hell no. You
1: That's can- a secret like fantasy of mine is to record an audiobook. Me
0: too. Yeah. I, I bet it you is for a lot of us. You would way better. Oh, you would kill it.
1: She said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I'm, I'm just like, do I always sound like I'm drunk? Because that's what I sound <laughs> I like. Or like, just stop and finish. I don't even know how to do it. I, yeah.
1: You don't know how to do Brittany.
0: I don't know how to do Brittany. I don't know how to, <laughs> how to not speak. And I don't know.
1: I feel, I feel like I talk in such a way that I feel like I'll never be heard if I don't talk as like as possible. Yeah.
0: You're anyway. so articulate though. Thanks. I'm, I'm envious when that's I hear kind. you because I'm like, oh, you got so much said in this amount of time and then you move to me and it's like, uh, duh, um, uh, let me just like, <laughs> let me start the sentence like 50 times and then, oh, oh but I need to no. like first start to tell the story and then I need to take five little like <laughs> side trips and then I'll come back to the story, but well, I'm not quite there. It's a
1: little conversation hopscotch. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. But All the time. Notice. And then I'm like, and then I get back to the, you know, yeah. and I'll listen to it over and I'm like, I'm following and I'm like, nobody cares about this whole section. Just here's the start of the story. <laughs> this is where you go. <laughs>